yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw after show, and have we got a show for you. The Miz gets a clean win over John Cena. Jay Uso's on Raw, and we get to see history made. But before we get into all of that, allow me to introduce the team. I'm Jack Farmer, being joined by the legend, Justin Labar, and of course, Flobo Boys, I get to say it. Welcome to Monday Night Raw After Show. Cheap pop, cheap pop, cheap pop. Uh, so glad to be with the crew. Uh, let's get it, man. Wrestling Inc. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Now, before we went live, Justin, we were chatting about our fantasy football team, and you're going undefeated this year. I mean, I got Patrick Mahomes. So that's the start, right? I, like I said to you, I've been I've been in one fantasy football league for 22 years straight with family and friends in the Maryland, D.C. area. Last year, for the first time ever, I got Tom Brady, and he had his worst statistical year ever. So, like, I was determined this year. I'm righting the wrongs. I'm getting the best damn quarterback possible. Got it. Well, we're going to have a fun one, of course, celebrating Labar Day today. And so that means you're going to get all the good takes tonight. It's going to be a fun episode. Everyone who's in the chat already, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, make sure to hit that like, comment, share, subscribe, especially since we got Flobo on the show. We want to send a good message to the overlords up at uh, the, the towers that rule over the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, <laughs> shout out as well, NYC Demon Diva in the oh, chat. Wow. Good to see you. Um, we call that synergy here at Wrestling Inc. <laughs> uh, before we get started, of course, we've got the news. And what do you guys want to talk about? Of course, <laughs> there's one piece of news that has been rocking the world over the past uh, week. And that is, of course, CM Punk. Uh, Justin, I want to go to you first on this. Uh, I'm not going to read all the details because I'm sure everybody knows all the details that are going into this, but I'm just going to say, I'm glad we didn't have to respond to this as soon as it happened. And we got some time to think about it before we hopped on the air. Yeah, I was in the, uh, I was in the Uber on Saturday, heading to the arena for payback when <laughs> <and> the news <laughs> broke, when the press release went out and I went, Oh, <laughs> I was like this. This, this isn't going to come up tonight <laughs> as I'm mingling <laughs> with the wrestling fans of the world. I mean, look, it, it was inevitable. It had to happen. It was going to happen. I mean, say what you want to say about the specific situation of the of the uh, straw that broke the camel's back of, of Jack Perry saying what he said. You know, what, what should he have said that? Whatever. You know, that that's a debate. But that's just one incident. The common denominator is CM Punk. He was the common denominator in so many problems. Um and I mean, I don't know. We'd have to pull out the stat book here. I mean, he was with AEW for basically two years, almost to the date. And I mean, the ratio is pretty close to being even to 50 50 of how many months he was suspended and how many months he was active. Um, you know, take that for what it is. It's just, it's just uh, as much of a draw as he is, was for them, merchandise or, or, or quarter hours or, or whatever measurements. It's just, it seems like it was just too many problems. And, 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 and this is where you look at WWE, not to make this a WWE versus AEW comparison, but WWE. And of course they have, you know, five decades of a head start, but they have gotten to the point where they are bigger than any one talent, not saying Roman Reigns is going to wake up tomorrow and go rogue and start some crap backstage, but they are bigger than any one talent. They can move on from anything in any body. And AEW is not there yet, but this is this is a good show of leadership by Tony Khan. He had to do this. I, I don't know how, if if what is true, if, if he truly was in some kind of physical, you know, danger of whatever happened. How do you not step up and say, I have to do this and I have to let somebody go, no matter how much of a fan he might have been personally and no matter how good it might have been business wise to him. 
And CM Punk, look at it, man. He's not hurting for money. Uh, he, he doesn't have to work a day again, I don't believe. Um, but he has to be the only wrestler, probably the first and last wrestler ever, who has never had a drink, never done a drug, but he could be the star of his own Dark Side of the Ring episode. And he's probably the richest talent who could be the star of his Dark Side of the Ring episode because he hasn't had the fallout where he's lost all of his money. So he's quite the anomaly, is old Phil Brooks. We're going to find out he blew all of his money on some weird uh, like uh, collection. Like He's got a bunch of Funko Pops at home. He's in crypto. Yeah, he's in crypto. <laughs> he's like, super addicted to that. He's like, I can't get enough crypto. It's crypto, <laughs> ma crypto made punk. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That'd be a swerve. Right? <laughs> <laughs> My addiction is NFTs. Uh, yeah, but, but Flobo, <laughs> speaking of NFTs and addictions and all that, that's a transition to you, uh, is like CM Punk, I've always said, I, I, I don't, I'm never going to assume I know anything that happened that wasn't on camera that I didn't see myself. Uh, but there is a level I always say of, you know, wrestling's a team sport at the end of the day. And if any team sport, you can't have someone that is causing problems, regardless of whose fault it is. If one name keeps coming up, eventually you got to move on in some way. Do you think, what are your thoughts on CM Punk? I mean, it's such a big thing. I'm not going to leave. Sure, sure. Talk about CM Punk, AEW. And uh, I also like to know your thoughts on getting to work with, who is like your all-time favorite only to have it end this way and how tough that must have been for Tony Khan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if the rumors are true, especially with uh, the William Regal addendum, which, which broke Saturday night about that altercation as well, it is kind of like a, oh man, this almost has no redeeming value for anyone with a contract. But to me, I guess the, the wrestling populace, Punk's personality hasn't changed all that much. This felt like 12 years ago. We loved it. 12 years ago, this guy's really rocking the apple cart. He's he's airing out dirty laundry. Let's put him on podcast. He's the guy that's amazing. And then, well, he kept doing what he's doing, and they brought him back because he was on hiatus. And now we go, hey, it's not funny anymore. So the question I have is not so much about Punk and what he's doing backstage and how he's not like team players, but what changed up like from us, our perspective as fans to go, hey, look, man, that rogue stuff was cool in 2011 where you're sitting cross-legged and saying hi to Coca Bana after our truth knocked out John Cena through a table uh, 20, for six or seven minutes. And now we're going, okay, you don't mess with our boy William Regal. You needs to go. Well, no, go ahead, Justin. No, to answer, Flo I mean, Flobo, he presents a, a, a great question. And I think that maybe an answer to it might be, you know, his last match in WWE was in Pittsburgh, Rumble 2014. I, you know, I remember being there, and it was the famous thing where he has the, the thing on his back and the medical injury. He talks about it on Cabana's podcast, and he quits the next day in Cleveland. And then when we all start to find that out through internet reports, through the podcast with Colt Cabana, I think it was, okay, here's Punk pushing against the WWE, which at the time, especially, you know, you know they're, not, they're not pushing Daniel Bryan hard enough. They're not doing this, or Vince is out of touch. So it was kind of felt like, he was standing up and speaking. He was the voice of the voiceless, right? This time around with AEW, AEW is supposed to be the product that's the alternative. It's supposed to be the product that all the things that WWE wasn't doing right and was missing out on AEW is supposed to fill that void. So he comes in there and he has problems there. I, I almost feel like it's like, okay, he wasn't supposed to stir up crap in AEW. AEW is supposed to be the fresh new landscape. It's supposed to be the, the progressive place that wasn't the machine, wasn't the uh, you know, to the to you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, uh, script that was in WWE. It almost feels like he wasn't supposed to shake up the foundation in AEW, but he did, right? <laughs> well, I think too, there's a level of, and again, I don't know, maybe it was maybe everything from Punk's side is right in this situation, but I do feel like there's also a level of, 
uh, you know, I call it the the crazy girlfriend theory where we all have that friend that dates someone and they break up. He's like, oh, yeah, I was dating this girl. She ended up being crazy. Well, after like five of those, like all of them, <laughs> everyone you've dated is crazy or are you the problem? Yeah, at some point it's like, wait a minute. All like there's still issues. You know, I think that there's a level of that as, as well, where it's like, dude, you just got here and you're having problems here as well. What's the issue? But again, I don't know. Maybe Punk's right. Maybe there's crazy. I'm not backstage. I'm just, I feel like everything I've seen has been, what he's been doing so i do lean a certain way but um i think it is fair to say i mean i think i mean i think when punk first showed up two years ago i had a private conversation with somebody pretty hooked into the business and when we both kind of you know came to the same conclusion of it's only a matter of time before he really shakes things up there and and shakes things up in the negative way meaning he's gonna he's gonna be himself and it's gonna cause some some problems i don't know if i envision i don't know if we envision it quite to this magnitude but I think it, I mean, I think it is fair to say too, though. He was going up against, you know, the Bucks and Kenny. He's going up against that elite EVP, you know, group, and just on the sheer numbers game, um, he's at a disadvantage, right? I mean, you know, they are they are given power, they are given executive power, you know, not not forget what you see in front of the curtain, but behind the curtain in an office, they are built as executives in this company. So that is a hard thing to overcome whether you're in the right or wrong no matter what so i mean i that i i i'm just saying like i'm sure there was some wrong done on the other end i'm sure that there were some situations that were made to that didn't help him you know so i'm not basically what i'm saying it's not probably completely on him he probably didn't help with his personality being that he he's a he's a rebel and he stands up and he's outspoken but I'm, i'm sure that he had the numbers game against him that that made some uh that he did not have any home field advantage with anything uh, Justin, I want to get one more thought on this because this is the next shoe to drop that everyone's talking about, obviously. CM Punk WWE. Is it possibly going to happen or no way? You know, I know the phrase is you never say never. I, I do I'll say with this. I do think before we all die, before, <laughs> before the cockroach is the only thing left standing. <laughs> Meteorite right. falls. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, one day, Punk will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. One day. Yeah. I don't ever see him wrestling again for them. And I know, look, Brett got screwed in his home country and embarrassed on on pay-per-view. His brother dies a year and a half later on their watch. And so if Brett can make amends, if Warrior with all the nonsense, you know, if, if Bruno, if all of these guys who had all these grievances on their own level can make amends and come back home, you know, it seems ridiculous to say, oh, Punk never will. Like I said, I think Punk eventually will get put in the Hall of Fame, but I just don't see him wrestling again because, quite frankly, you know, you see the controversy that's going on now, and then you look at, you know, Vince is still there in an executive level. Triple H is in charge of talent day to day. Triple H certainly wasn't the biggest CM Punk fan from all we can gather when things happen. I, I just don't see a scenario in which WWE is looking around going, damn, we have nobody. Somebody call Phil Brooke. You know, they have, they're pushing so hard with Roman. They have Cody. They got record-setting IC champion. They, they, they have so much stuff being built. I don't think they have the need to that they need to make some crazy gamble to bring him back in and hope that, oh, he's not going to stir the pot at all. I just don't see the need. Maybe if it was WWE of, I don't know, five years ago, and we take a look at the roster and Cena starting to go to Hollywood and 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 
or whatever, but maybe you look at it and say, well, yeah, we need it. But I, where they are now, they have done such a good job of building the roster and the depth, relatively speaking. I just don't see the need for the risk. Yeah. Uh, super chat from Bigfoot Sneakerhead says WWE, WWE needs to stay away from Punk. They don't need him. Uh, before moving on, Flobo, I want to give you a chance to, to speak about Punk in WWE. I, I'm with Justin in that I, I could see it happening as a Hall of Fame thing maybe like a one-off but as far as a run goes i just don't i don't think the two line up even all the history beside much to justin's point they've kind of already got a bunch of irons in the fire right now anyways um what do you what do you think everything says no right like the wwe train is going on i mean we were having events that we're not even going to see on on tv with superstar spectacle but I would be remiss if I don't mention that John Cena hosted Payback yesterday and Survivor Series is in Chicago this year. Maybe they need a host. Just putting it out there in the universe. Maybe a hosting thing. I will buy a ticket. Theoretically, I'm actually going to buy a ticket. But I would see how that would be a giant train wreck. But I'm with you guys. There's no reason why to bring him in for a run. There's no title that needs that kind of talent. Uh, if you're, if I want to be frank, the CM Punk last six months in AEW wasn't even the CM Punk in the first six months of AEW. It's kind of a high-risk situation. But a hosting thing, I'll be game for. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see. That's the fun of wrestling is, uh, I, I'll be honest, uh, three years ago, I said, Punk's never wrestling again. Get over it. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Anything could happen. Uh, let's get into the show. Before we do, as always, like, comment, share, subscribe, uh, copy the link to the show, throw it into social media. Uh, and if you're in the chat, if you're watching us live first, shout out to all my lurkers out there. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, but also if you're in the chat, if you're Rocky or Max or Beer Money or Ricky or Manish or Bernie or uh, Dion or Fernando, Huffman, Corey, Pride, Jeroy, Jay, uh, Tox, Kazim. I feel like a few of you I haven't seen in a while. And Pepita, I missed you all. So where have you been? Uh, Bigfoot, Sneakerhead, Tommy O, Sherrod Jones, Ethan, Cruz, and Azel. So many people. We got to get going. Big John. Okay, that's the last shout out. But uh, <laughs> we'll do another shout out at the end, as you guys know. So let's get into this show. It was a doozy of a show. We're going to start with Jay Uso coming out saying, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Reiterates that he's here and he's here alone. Sammy comes out and says, people are upset at him, but Sammy's happy he's there. The two of them hug it out. Flobo, we're going to talk a bit about a lot of stuff that Jay Uso did. Uh, but before we get into all that, I just want to talk, get your opinion on this opening segment. And was it the right idea to have Sammy Zayn, someone we've seen with Jay a lot already be the guy to welcome him to raw. I'm, I'm glad you asked me this because Jack and I know that I'm not the biggest fan of Sami Zayn, but it's the right character beat there. If you're going to give him the, this is Saturday night live or welcome to raw line from Jay. Why not have Sami Zayn fresh off losing the tag team championship, have that little moment of tension here. And I'm so glad they, they addressed the whole roster thing. I mean, he's going to be on the roster. What does that mean for the balance of the two rosters? But I think Sami Zayn is a perfect person to really watch. to be the barometer, what Jay does on the Monday Night Brand. So, of course, Justin, this opens up a whole plethora of different rivalries and things that Jay Uso can do. People name dropped him a number of times. I think the biggest moment of the night, really, on this historic night was uh, Jay Uso and Akira Tozawa hanging out for a moment. Um, but beyond that, we also had uh, um, Judgment Day. Um, I, want, I want you to talk about the fact that 
Dom talked about potentially Jey Uso joining Judgment Day and also the fact that someone from Raw is going to SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, this this uh, opens up a, th- a ton of threads uh, of avenues that can go uh, for Jey Uso being there on Raw and all the, all the repercussions that you just kind of laid out here. Uh, you know, Dom teasing, though, he could be in Judgment Day. You know, that's that's an interesting because obviously that that's something to 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 look at and think about. He's not going to join Judgment Day, but just just the dynamic of, of what happens and them trying to get him to to join and what matches come out of that and conflict come out of that. Um, yeah, I mean, you look, yeah, somebody's going to be traded back over. I think wouldn't that be interesting that Cody Rhodes pulls some strings to get Jay Uso to Raw and what if Cody Rhodes doesn't get himself over over to SmackDown and that means he's now on the brand that Roman Reigns is on. Um, I think there's there's something there if that's the direction they go. Uh, there's a lot to it, and, and and look, this is you know WWE. They've had twins in the past, right? But this is the first time they've gone this hard with actually having the twins simultaneously. I mean, like, even the Bellas when the Bellas split, I think you know Nikki hung around, but Brie was kind of going into to motherhood, and you have two, you have the twins around, and now you're trying to give them each separate entrance music and trying to give them some of their identities, and eventually you figure and have the Usos brothers Jimmy and Jay against each other. So it's really cool to see them trying to build this these identities for each of them while, while still, you know, making sure you don't forget that they have a link and they have a reason to, to have problems with each other. And then I, you know, I, I laugh and I agree with Lobo too. I, I, I'm, it was the right beat to have Sammy come out. It makes total sense. You know, I'm the same way. I, I kind of have to eat my words with Sammy. He, he's done all the things to prove me wrong and he he's, he's elevated himself on the card. You know, I'm still guilty a decade ago. Uh, I agreed with a conversation I was having on Twitter with Vince Russo. And I think I, said that Sammy has the charisma of a paperboy and the look of a paperboy, and I got blocked by it. I'm still blocked. Uh, he's proven me wrong <laughs> since. That's your story? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, story. wow. <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah, I think it was paperboy or Uber driver, but I said he, he looks and had the charisma uh, of them. Uh, he's proven me wrong since. Uh, he's, not, no, he's no more El Generico. He's got, he's, got some, uh, he's got some spice and some personality, So, but it made a lot of sense here to see him uh, out there with Jay, first off. I would love everyone in the chat or anyone who's listening to this later, uh, leave a comment with the person that you didn't believe in that ended up proving you wrong and became a big star. Uh, that's always fun to hear. But Seth Rollins is my biggest miss. I was like, I don't think Seth Rollins is really going to make it. And then now he's like my favorite of the past 10 years. Uh, so <laughs> absolutely made me eat my words. Uh, but Flobo, I want to ask you real quick. Uh, if, if it is, I think a lot of people are fantasy booking that it's Cody Rhodes going to SmackDown. Fair. If that is the case, doesn't that make Cody Rhodes seem kind of like a, a villain? Like he pulled a fast one on Jay Uso to get closer to Roman? I think it would have been had they not do the thing, the backstage segment with, uh, with Adam Pierce. If Cody Rhodes just showed up on, on, on Friday Night SmackDown, I was like, ah, well, it's SmackDown now. That does seem very like, wah. But, you know, Adam Pierce being like, look, I pulled the strings. I'm helping you out. Someone has to go. It kind of puts this thing of like, this other brand is like, well, giving you one of our hottest talents, we want something in return. This is kind of the reason why I kind of want a, a general manager system or gimmick. And I'm like, Adam Pierce on both shows, but I don't have a here nor there. So I think that is almost like putting the duct tape between a big plot hole. And I'm glad they did that. So now I want to see how Cody Rose would be reacting if he's the one to go. I have one more. I'm going to double back to you on this one, Flobo, because I know you're really big on the different entrance music. Uh, Jay's new entrance music, hit or miss? I think it's as of right now, it's a hit. I, I, it may wear out a bit, but right now with the crowd going and Whisper to open it up, I think it's way better than Jimmy's. I mean, that's fair. I, Justin, I, I, for some reason, I don't know. I, I, I really love the old Usos music, and I know this is basically the same thing, but for some reason here in the new vocals, it feels like a, um, 
it feels like a knockoff. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it bugs me a little bit. Jack, I, again, two nights ago, they're here for payback, and Cody Rhodes brings them out as a surprise. He's out there. So I'm, I'm in the arena, 14,000 people. I can hear the bass making my heart vibrate. I can hear the lyrics, you know, f- f- fresh and clean. It's not like I'm trying to hear through the TV. I mean, I, I mean, I felt like I was an eight mile. I'm doing this with everybody. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it, I was feeling it. So I, I'm right now. I'm still, I'm still fresh to it. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling it right now. If, if they put out a, uh, if they, if they pulled a '90s thing and they pulled out a WWE soundtrack album with all the entrance music and his is on it. I'm buying that CD, that 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 MP3, that 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 what, that, you know, whatever they're putting out, the, the the 33 and a third record. I got it all. The vinyl, it's all good. I got it. Man, they, you know, I know they don't do them anymore, but I wish they did still release those WWE the music uh, albums because there's a few of them that, man, they were so good. That was a mm-hmm. there was there was a time there. You could argue which one, like all of them were great. I don't know. Uh, but okay, I'll take the loss on on Jimmy's uh, or Jay's Jay's music. It'll grow on me. I think it's just I'm so used to the old one that hearing the new uh, the new lines is like, wait a minute, that's not that's not the right line. That's, <laughs> that's not Oosie at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's not Oosie. That's not Oosie. So uh, we get to I, I want to talk about McRiddle and the Viking Raiders, and I think they tried to change the name from McGriddle probably because there's a copyright issue, but uh, <laughs> they started calling him the uh, Glassboro. I can't remember what they said, but they, they started calling him something different. But in any case, they're McRiddle to me forever. Uh, Drew gives Jey Uso a stern look, but still gets to the ring no problem. They get a match against the Viking Raiders. There's a good get the tables bit. Uh, Valhalla gets involved. So does Kofi. Kofi accidentally costs McRiddle the match. And Kofi is apologetic, but Drew is very upset. um, And things are not cool. Justin, this is probably the most interested I've been in tag teams not involving the tag team division in a pretty good chunk of time. Yeah, not involving the, the tag titles. Yeah, I mean, or I, titles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the Viking Raiders good on them. I think it's two weeks in a row they got to win. So if you're keeping score at home, good for them. And uh, yeah, you know, the like the riddle, the McGriddle, or I, I still like Michael Cole's suggestion weeks ago of the uh, the um, Highland, the Scottish Highlanders. <laughs> Highlanders. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't feel like WWE is really committed to it. I feel like they're kind of soft launching it to see do people latch on to it. Okay, if they do, then we'll run with it for a few more weeks. Um, you're not going to recreate the RK Bro magic that happened. Uh, I don't know what Randy Orton's status is. That's, that's a whole other topic. But um, I don't. I don't feel like they're committed to this thing with. And I don't feel like Riddle and Drew McIntyre's performer. I think they're both like, all right, are we doing this again this week? Are we still? Are we still buddy, 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 copping it here? I. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's. Uh, I'm on a week to week basis. I'm not going to just trash it and say it sucks. I, I'll keep I'll, I'll keep waiting to see what happens. But I, I don't see I don't see long term. I don't see long term sustainability in this. But then but then even if if when one of them get uh, presumably McIntyre gets tired of Riddle, I don't even necessarily know if I care to see the two of them fight. I don't know. I'm I'm really I'm really in mixed waters with this at the at the moment. Yeah, Flobo, that's really the question I think that everyone's waiting for is yeah. will Drew McIntyre turn heel? And so I pose that question to you. Will he turn heel? And are you looking forward to that? Well, I would say you shouldn't, but if there's one way to turn heel, why not turn heel against the most almost most likable guy in all of WWE, Kofi Kingston, right? Because here's a guy that can't expect a lot of turn. Yeah, he kind of got involved in the matchup, cost the matchups. So you know Drew 
uh, has grounds for divorce and be upset, but like you can't get mad at Kofi. He's Kofi, man. It's like getting mad at cotton candy or the balloons, you know? So I, I can see that being a chapter in Drew's career because I don't think there's much for him to do as a face. So I want to see that. But at the same time, it's like Drew, unfortunately, or fortunately, was the guy during the pandemic era. So you saw him so often. So if you watch wrestling two, three years ago, you're kind of like, whatever, man, just do something. And that's the worst position to be in. If someone's like, I'm fine with whatever you do. Eh. Would Justin would turning heel for Drew heat him up, or do you think he would just become the new big bad guy for all the good guys to beat up on? Yeah, I think we've been there, done that. I don't. I don't think he really has much interest in him being a heel right now. Um, I mean, I feel like I, I always liked him as a heel, but then I, I the first thing I think of is, oh, that's the next guy Cody Rhodes is going to run through before he uh, wow. before he <laughs> yeah. gets to to Roman again and. I mean, that's not a good way to start your run if you're going to just take an L uh, right off the bat. But I, I don't know. I'm interested in this because of that dynamic. The fact that it could change, things could happen, who knows. Uh, we'll have to see how it how it goes from here. And do we know, and this goes to either of you or anyone in the chat, what the situation with Xavier Woods is? Is that just for TV or is he really hurt? Or do we know? I think, he, I think he's legit hurt. Yeah. yeah. All right. Not Hopefully not terribly. Hopefully he's back soon um but i guess we'll see there i guess well that'll probably be the first thing is kofi kingston versus drew mcintyre if he ends up turning but actually no that i mean if he turns he, he could he has riddle he has kofi and then he has his uh showdown with with cody that i'm just assuming would happen if he turns heel um yeah. until eventually akira tozawa beats him um <laughs> Just, just roll them up. <laughs> the power of Tazawa. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of room on this Akira Tazawa bandwagon, fellas, if you want to jump on. Yeah, I can see that from here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, got, you, got, you got leg room and everything. You're reclining. Yeah, Pl plenty of space on this uh, on this bandwagon. Um, so if anyone wants to join on uh, in the chat, let me know if your team Akira Tazawa. Uh, I always say, I say Akira is ready every time I see Akira Tozawa because he said that to Cody once. Um, so we got Shinsuke. Speaking of guys who turn heel and then take a loss in their big, first big match, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura says that he broke Seth's back, but he underestimated the grip he had on the title. Seth Rollins comes out, who, by the way, just got told he's not supposed to be here, uh, then says he wants to have a fight tonight. Um and Shinsuke just says, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Decides not to have the match. Uh, then um, eventually in the back, Adam Pierce gets very emotional and tries to tell Rollins he needs to slow down um, before uh, we end that bit of the segment. Uh, Justin, Shinsuke uh, and Rollins clearly on a collision course for another matchup here. And it looks like they, um, they're playing the old can Seth Rollins hold it together card. Yeah. yeah. I guess part of me is like, uh, I don't want to see repetition like this, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, in the main event, the top of the card here uh, for the Raw brand. But I, I think that they're probably, it just seems like they're heading towards, I don't know what, I don't know if the destination is fast lane. If, if it's the next Saudi show, which I think would be early November, but it certainly seems like they're basically playing more of what they were doing to build it a payback here, which is, Seth's body's breaking down. How long can he how long can he hold the the weight of the title and the roster on his shoulders, the show on his shoulders? He's eventually gonna break down or, or come very close to breaking down, 
and then and Priest is going to be the opportunist to cash his in. Um, I love what they did with Nakamura in these last few weeks in terms of the presentation of him and, and, and the, the video, you know, the video vignettes and even having just the subtitles. I think it was just the best presentation of him on the main roster since his days in NXT. But at no point that I actually truly believe he was going to be world champion or if he was, he's going to be world champion for more than two minutes again until Priest cashes in. So it is what it is. But I, I just think all we're doing is prolonging what I think is inevitable, which is, again, Rollins breaks down, but he saves face by getting, you know, jumped by Judgment Day and, and Priest, you know, licenses steal with the briefcase. So Shinsuke comes out and Rollins just hypocritically doesn't let anyone sing Shinsuke's song uh, <laughs> after everyone has to take time to sing Rollins' song. But Flobo, I want to talk to you about Ricochet and he comes out and tries to stand up for Seth Rollins and he has a match with Shinsuke. It's it's a fun one until the end when Shinsuke uses a chair, gets DQ'd. I get that Shinsuke is supposed to be the bad guy, but he just lost. He technically just lost again. I'm right. assuming he's going to have a match with at Fastlane, and much like Justin, I can't imagine he's going to get a big win at that moment either. It feels like Shinsuke is heating up, but he it, it also feels like he's taking a lot of unnecessary L's at the same time. Yeah, that's exactly out of my notes. It's like Shinsuke is being warmed up, but then left out on the windowsill to cool off at the same time. And it's kind of funny this match against Ricochet was main official during the break. Like, who are the matches getting bumped? <laughs> Sorry, man, we got this thing to happen over the break. <laughs> we have to do it. Uh, but look, I like Shinsuke. I like his presentation. I remember the. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it the anime intro we did at Payback. Mm -hmm. I stopped what I was doing. Like I put my pen down. I was like, I was totally arrested. And I like the presentation. It takes me back to NXT days. But to Justin's point, didn't really feel as if it was going to be an actual threat. And you want to talk about um, pandemic storylines. The whole thing about Seth breaking down, this feels very much like Eddie Edwards' run and impact back in 2020. We had the, was the champion for like 28 days. So even though Seth survived, it does feel like Shinsuke is just there to soften him up for Damian Priest, and then Shinsuke will probably fade to obscurity, which is the worst thing because you spend so much time hitting him up. I'm wonder why. Why go through all this work if it's going to be just to uh, let you know, Damian Priest sweep in, become the new champ, more draped in gold. Or yeah. drizzled in gold. Sorry, drizzled. Dri uh, I don't, drizzled in gold sounds like an R. Kelly thing, but... <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> 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 I don't, uh, and that's our we have a uh, drizzled squirted in. <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, yeah, we went right off the right off the rails. But I guess the thing that bothers me about this, Justin, maybe I'm overthinking it, but like I'm a big Ricochet fan, but he, it's not like he needed to be protected here. Like he could have just taken a loss and then attacked after it felt weird that they had to end it the way they did. Ricochet, they, they just they view Ricochet very disposable. <laughs> I mean, just that's all I can say. I mean, he, he does. He does. He's a stunt man. The things he does physically out there, but they just kind of. Uh, I, I thought the Logan Paul match might be a turning point for his career. I don't think so. Yeah. That, that'll probably be the highlight of his of his DVD. Yeah. I mean, he does. He would have a fun DVD collection if you were to sit down and watch his matches. But at the same time, you're right. I I don't know. I I love the guy. I just guess it just didn't uh, didn't really go anywhere. Justin, last thing on this. In the shadows watching, Rhea says, not now, to the cash-in. I want to, uh, before I, we'll talk about Judgment Day in whole later, but this is just more evidence that Rhea is actually the leader of Judgment Day. Yeah, she's the boss. She's the, she's the boss, you know? I mean, yeah, she, it, it's, it's, obviously it's a different um, presentation than what the Bloodline is. The Bloodline obviously has that more traditional, like, you know, mafia kind of, you know, uh, presentation to it, but she is the boss. And I think that's, I, I love it. I love the fact that she is the, the, the woman and, and, and an otherwise all male group and that she's calling the shot. She's telling the, the dudes, here's the ultimatum win the titles, or we're going to have some court here and figure out who's still worthy of being a member. I, I love it. I think she's, she's art. You, you'd argue she's the most over and the most mm-hmm. dominant. Uh, I mean, oh, at yeah. this point, you know, I know she paid tribute to China uh, this past week in her wardrobe, and I was saying this prior, and I interviewed Raquel Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez just 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 prior to payback, and I and I said something to the same effect. Like she she's at she's at like a different level. She's at the point now, kind of what China was uh, twenty years ago, where you could buy her kicking the ass of several guys on the roster, both from yeah. a physical stature and just all the other ring psychology and storyline things they've just made her seem so dominant so yeah i I agree i love the fact that she's no no you're not cashing this week or dom you wait here we're not so sure about jd mcdonough or she she's quarterbacking it as she should it's very uh and just and uh flobo will move on after this and again we'll talk we'll get to the major arc of judgment day in this episode in a little bit but um one of the things that wwe is doing very well especially at the top of their card is they have the layers that's being told that are being told and yeah. that 
not only is it Seth is breaking down, but Damian Priest with the briefcase is watching. And those are two congruent things that are happening that if at some point uh, Damian Priest cashes in on a destroyed Seth Rollins, it's not a retroactive long-term storytelling. It's something they're actually telling us as we go through. Yeah, it's one of the cool things. It's almost structured like a mystery, right? Who's going to be the final blow to the the empire of seth rollins is it going to be judgment day is it going to be a heel drew is it going to be a someone we're not even thinking of and i think when that does happen uh when, when seth does drop the title i think that's going to be the satisfying storytelling we want i think a lot of time you think about structure of a show everyone's thinking long-term booking that's great or hot shot booking that can be great but wouldn't you give me a little bit of that mix like i know shinsuke is going to fade to the background but if six months from now or if even longer or shorter, then the briefcase comes out. We go, oh, we knew it back then. It was a long decline, and that makes everyone satisfied. So it definitely is smart. I know there's a focus behind the scenes for long-term storytelling, and i starting to see that here, which is pretty awesome. So I'm all for it, man. Uh, we got a super chat, Justin. I'm going to send it to you. Bigfoot Sneakerhead asks, what if this is a swerve? Damian Priest goes after the Universal Championship. So, so Roman? Wow. Roman. I don't I, I just can't again Roman Roman is in such a different stratosphere with his run and I mean who knows they might who knows how long at this point he's gonna hold him he might they might have him hold it until he beats number one on this all-time list of you know so I I would just have a hard time seeing Damian Priest a heel if, if Damian Priest, the heel, cashes in and, and takes it from Roman, it's going to be a sneak attack. It's not something you're going to make money off of. Right. It's not something you're going to advertise and be able to bill for a premium love, premium love event and sell out a stadium. And never mind the fact that Priest is a heel, so that would just be weird in the first place there. I, I just I don't see. I, I think clearly, you know, Roman's doing his thing and whatever happens over in SmackDown, Priest, you know, Priest is going to be the world title holder on Raw if and when he's, he's going to be successful cashing in it's going to be a raw i just don't see you know if a face was carrying if if cody rhodes was carrying around the money in the bank maybe he does the benevolent baby face thing and says i'm cashing in but i'm calling my shot it's 30 days from now be 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 there be square be ready maybe <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but 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 Damian Priest is not going to do that. So if Damian Priest said "be there" or "be square," he would be my all-time favorite. Wrestler. <laughs> he, but, he said that, but he said that in Spanish, so it sounds much cooler. Right. Right. Well, Fog machines going. He says yeah, yeah, it right. very serious, like very Damian Priest. But Bat Bunny wraps it, and, and, and it's all good. <laughs> you know. uh, that, yeah, I. I also I can't imagine such a historic reign ending by just a quick cash in either. Like whoever ends this reign is going to be a long term planned, storied chapter. It's not going to be just a a shock and awe situation. I can't imagine um, unless it's CM Punk showing up and winning uh, randomly. But uh, we'll see about to that. Flo to, to Flobo's point earlier, and I I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. I didn't uh, respond to what he said, but but it, but he's right. <laughs> You know about the hosting thing and this and that. Yeah. Survivor Series is in, is in Chicago, and Survivor Series next to the Rumble is the gimmick show that allows for the surprise to easily show up. If we go into Survivor Series and WWE books a match where it's a four and four, five and five, whatever deal, and the babyface team has a mystery partner, they are setting themselves up for 
wild speculation. So I'm gonna, so he I, to, to, just Flobo's right that, that there is something to be thinking about. Again, I don't think it's gonna happen. I think that he's never gonna show up again. Yeah, yeah they stirred the pot. Stirred I don't think he's showing up again until it's on a Hall of Fame stage <laughs> and it's many years uh, down the road. But if WWE decides to get a little troll mode, uh, there's plenty of, of opportunity to do that with Survivor Series. Shades of uh, 20 years of The Rock uh, at Survivor Series. <laughs> oh, flashing <yeah>. back. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying he's going to be there. We're just saying. <laughs> We're going to be celebrating The Rock that day. Uh, we get Zoe Stark and, and Shayna Baszler. They have a... Uh, a little get together backstage where they talked a little bit of trash. Then they throw down a banger of a matchup together with Shayna Baszler getting a clean win. Flobo, you're clasping your hands yes. and thanking mm. someone in the in the place above you. Um, yeah. Why? What are your thoughts? I actually tweeted about this. Uh, I I was done with Trish and Becky for a long time. Talk about long-term storybook. That could have been a compressed storyline. I felt like that could have been done two weeks ago. And the match we saw today would have been a payback, and it wouldn't be out of place. Now, to be fair, payback is not a uh, WrestleMania or Crown Jewel equivalent event. But I do feel like if Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark had more time, it could really show why Zoe Stark is at the show. I mean, we said she's good. We said she's a powerhouse. She really took it to Shayna, and the match ended in a way where both everyone looked strong. You had Zoe get out of the first Carafuda clutch, succumb to the second one. I want more, and that's the kind of match you need when you're new in the roster. Justin, are these two faces or two heels? They're two heels, uh, but Flobo hit the nail on the head. I'm not going to try to repeat everything he said. That He hit the nail on the head of, of all that was right with this. My only other critique, though, would be and, and and it's good on them. They're they're trying. They're putting effort towards. I feel like the women's tag division is cursed. <laughs> it's just nothing can get really rolling and sustain. So, but that, but but that being said, you can't just all of a sudden give up on the division, right? You can't just give up on this. You have to keep trying. So, I agree with everything Flobo said. That, that this is that was that was that was what you need to do to showcase Zoe and why why is she here. Um, Zoe and, and Shayna, uh, aesthetically, you look at them. I could actually that that makes sense. That's a that's a that's a bond of of two villains I can buy. Um, so all of it made sense. I'm just again walking very. I, I'm 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 carefully holding the stock there because uh, women's tag division in WWE right now has just been <sighs> snake bitten. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough because that was exactly first thing they're they're knuckle bumping i'm like this is an awesome team right here but yeah who are they facing to get there i mean they could the only teams i can think of they could face before getting to the champs are caden carter and katana chance who have already been sort of the the speed bumps to previous champions and um isla dawn and alba fire who basically dropped the titles and then disappeared so I, I think we're at a rubber we're at a rubber meets the road point with WWE and the women that uh, obviously you have enough to have two women's world titles raw and smackdown you almost need a women's even if it's just an hour show on peacock or something so you have more time to put towards those talents characters and stories but i don't know if enough you know, analytics or data has been shown to them that that's a worthwhile investment. 
you know, I hate to say that because fans of the women's division or 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 just female fans of this this podcast might think that I'm trying to that that I'm uh, I'm knocking women's wrestling and I'm not at all. I'm a huge proponent of, of the women's wrestling and many of the females there, but it, it just look they didn't all they didn't all an all women's pay per view years ago evolution right mm-hmm. and that, and that 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 we never saw another one again and there's there's analytical reasons why they didn't think that it was a a success so. But we're at a point where they have the amount of talent, they have the, the titles there. They need to they need to carve out a certain amount of time dedicated more to them, because I feel like we're run, they're just, they're just after the two world titles they're running out of time. And then and then when you run into the snake bitten things of injuries and and whatever else that that's caused problems with the tag division, they just just it's just it's not working on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I think they're going to have to, if they want to make it work, like you said, either Justin, either carve out uh, an extra show or they're just going to have to, I guess, take, they're going to have to put teams together and have it be random and have them have random matches that people probably are like, why is this happening for a while? And until they get some traction for multiple teams, it's it, because otherwise it's always going to be the random pairing against the tag team champs. Right. And that probably means you're going to have a few months of people going, this is stupid. I don't like these teams. They're all random before they start going, oh, I like this team. You know, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's a tough and, thing to tell people. And, and just in general, there's less, whether you look at the WWE roster or the AEW roster or the, the talent on the independent scene in America or even the talent globally, there are less female wrestlers than there are male wrestlers. There's just less to 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 pick from to to to, to develop. It, it, it's a rubber meets the road. There was the, there was this great female wrestling revolution in this last five years um, of getting away from you know brawl and panty matches and the term divas and 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 and, and ladies out there who wanted to be serious competitors. They didn't want to be that. They wanted to you know and 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 there's a crop there, but it's still not by ratio in comparison to what there is in, uh, of male talent. And so uh, there's, there's, a, there's a, there's a problem. I don't know what the answer is. Again, I say maybe it's a women's show, but I don't even that, I don't know if, if that's going to be worthwhile and if that would do it or if people tune in and care. There, there's a real issue. Be Once you get past the world titles of Raw and SmackDown, there's an issue here of what do we do? Yeah. And I uh, would even argue that the tag team divisions across the board are, are pretty much anemic. I mean, maybe the NXT men's division is okay, kind of, but even then, you look at the main roster tag team division, it's kind of spotty too. So I just feel like it's not, I mean, it hasn't been a focus historically for WWE, but there was a time where it was. And now it's kind of like, nah, we got this other things happening. It just seems to be on the back burner. I think with the men's division tag team, it, one of the things that hurt it, it was great when it was a part of the bloodline because it was part of this big story, but then it became part of a story. And I think that's what hurt KO and Sami Zayn is once they took it out of that story, they were a great tag team champions, but it also it just didn't feel as big because it wasn't part of the big story anymore. Uh, and now there's this feeling of like, it's hard to care about them as much as I used to when they aren't part of the biggest thing in pro wrestling. Um uh, I don't know though, but let's let's just uh, we'll we'll lump this together since we're talking about the tag teams and the women's tag team division. Uh, Adam Pierce backstage chatting with Chelsea Green and Raquel Rodriguez and uh, makes a match for those two to have a match later tonight. They have the match. Chelsea Green tries to run away, but Flobo she just isn't fast <laughs> enough. She gets uh, 
She gets beaten pretty quickly. And then afterwards, Raquel says she wants a rematch with Dom Bard from ringside for that championship. Um, one, thoughts on Chelsea Green, because I don't think I've heard your thoughts on Chelsea Green uh, yeah. since she's returned to WWE. And two, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, I feel like she's a superstar. I think just, Justin does as well. But are we are we kind of feeding her to the, uh, the buzzsaw? by giving her right away to Rhea Ripley? First of all, we got to say her name right. It's Chelsea Green uh, <laughs> had the match this week. Yeah. And, and we Shout need... out to Samantha Irvin, who she is. <laughs> yes. the, she is awesome. <laughs> she so is. much fun. So much fun. No, I, I like Chelsea. And I know a lot of people say, hey, man, it, it's kind of frustrating. If you're a long-term Marva Ness fan or Chelsea Green fan, it's it's frustrating to see her like this. But every promotion needs that slip on a banana peel heel i mean the miz heath i mean these are people that are employed Dolph ziggler for a long time because they're important and valuable so i like the presentation i like that you think she's going to like you know beat down raquel for like two seconds you go oh wait no it's raquel rodriguez now the other question i have is i do think raquel's being fed and it's a weird thing to say because Three or four years ago in the Mayon Classic, remember that? <laughs> uh, when we had Raquel Gonzalez being like the cowgirl, I was in. When Raquel Gonzalez was big mommy cool and was the heavy, I was in for Dakota Kai. Now, even though she is arguably in the best shape of her career, I don't believe her nearly as much. Maybe it's the El Mariachi music. Maybe she smiles too much. Maybe she just seems to be on the bench for too long. There's something there that I'm missing that makes it go, that's a killer instinct I want to see in a world champion. Yeah, Justin, I know you're a big Raquel fan. I Looking back, I feel like this is what we needed damage control for, is someone, a group that someone like Raquel could run through and yeah. show off that she can overtake odds and numbers and things. Instead mm -hmm. of getting that story beat, we're, we're going right to the end. It's, it's like Marvel instead of saying, instead of doing all the movies to show who the Avengers are, we're just going to jump right to Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, but um, what bothers me is I look at Raquel and you know she's six foot. She you know, so she has a physical physical impose, imposing stature. She can go face to face with, with Rhea, and Rhea Rhea's in a class of her own. Rhea, Rhea's you know they yeah. they have a challenge right now of finding somebody who can go and be believable as a threat to Rhea. But that's good on Rhea. She's she's accomplished that. To Raquel, Raquel she, she's got a. You know, physical stature. She's, she, you know, she's she's beautiful. It's a it's a it's a TV business. She's she's beautiful. You can sell her as as that. Um, she's bilingual. You know, all these things that are great. What I think, and I do feel like they're just feeding her. What I think is really missing, and, and I, I I believe this more than ever after my interview with her and, and cheap plug. Go to my socials uh, at Justin Labar, and you can uh, see the full fifteen minutes that her and I uh, chatted. She has a great story. She's a second generation wrestler. Mm -hmm. Her father was not, he never, I don't, as far as I know, he never made it to WWE or WCW, never got to that level. He mostly worked in Texas and Mexican territories, but he still was a pro wrestler. He, that was what he did. She traveled with her father and family and, 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 and watched him, and, and that was what he did to support the family. And, and so there's a story there. She was a collegiate uh, athlete, she was a uh, basketball uh, player, uh, Sam Houston State, I believe. You know, so like there's a story. So I feel if WWE does what they do better than uh, sec only next to Scorsese, they can <laughs> they they produce and shoot and edit things that just I mean they, they can make the three of us look like the like the grandest cowboys ever if they wanted right. to. 
<laughs> they would just shoot and give I'm from you a little. Brooklyn. I don't know exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're Brooklyn, Jack, Seattle to L.A. I'm D.C. to Pittsburgh. They can make us transient MFers look like we're the baddest MFers in the world. If they would just put a little bit of time towards a Raquel Rodriguez uh, story, I feel like that would go a long way. Um, like, uh, quite honestly. I would have rather her not been in that match against Rhea. I would have rather, um, and again, again, Snake Pit. She was with Liv. Now Raquel's a, a single star. I would have rather somebody else been thrown to Rhea this past uh, weekend. I would rather a slow burn and build Raquel. Give me some backstory as I just pitched. Have Raquel be a serious Rumble competitor, maybe even win the Rumble, and build her to Rhea at Mania next year. I think there would have been a lot more there. I feel like we've just blown our wad, essentially, and they're going to have to do a total reset with Raquel to make her then again believable, if ever again. So yeah, yeah, this is it's going to be hard to. I mean, losing to Rhea shouldn't be that big of a deal, but once you've lost, once you had a couple shots at the title and lost them, it's very hard. I mean, even Shinsuke, he had his real shots years ago, and I still have this feeling like. Yeah. Uh, didn't he have it have a big chance already? <laughs> you know, AJ, yeah, yeah. I'll say this though: they, they, they obviously wanted to make Raquel look as dominant as possible ahead of her rematch. Uh, the clothesline that she <laughs> delivered tonight made JBL hiccup. It was yeah. a physical, awesome looking clothesline. So, you know, props to her for that one. Yeah, uh, poor one out for uh, Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's not dead what the- <laughs> are you did you see the match are you sure are you sure i'm not really sure. has she posted on social media to- <laughs> okay um so um what the will say here's one for me here's one for my homies <laughs> uh so uh, we also, uh, Shabaski, I see your super chat. I'm going to wait till we get to the main event, uh, and we'll make sure I, I pull that up for you. But uh, one of the big stories of this whole thing was Judgment Day. We talked a bit about uh, Rhea already, but first they come out, and Rhea fires shots at the bloodline. Then J.D. McDonough comes out and gives a new briefcase to Damian Priest, and then Sami Zayn butts in and says, do you think we were just going to let that interference slide? And I think maybe KO did because he's not here tonight, but Sammy is. So he's going to have a fight with JD McDonough later. And later Finn is like, Hey, we got to get, let JD join the group. They say, let's wait and see how this match goes. Of course, Dom helps JD get the win, but then JD takes a beat down afterwards uh, for his efforts uh, Justin, this is a fascinating development with this. And I think something WWE has done so well over the past few years is not just have stables, but the drama within them. And this is a very similar structure that they use for the bloodline. It is. You know, when Rhea first mentioned how they were so dominant and, and, and compared themselves or top themselves to the bloodline, you know, I couldn't help but think, you know, we are still two and a half months away, but again, Survivor Series, isn't that an interesting groundwork to lay, right? If you had, and it is two heel factions, but, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a new Survivor Series match of here's Bloodline, here's Judgment Day, and then maybe a, a hodgepodge Cody Rhodes babyface, you know, uh, maybe. So it's like a triple threat Survivor mm-hmm. Series type of match. So that I, I thought that I thought it was interesting. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the Judgment Day, they, there's, 
it feels like the Judgment Day is at their last rise. You know, they're all they're holding all these titles. This is their last rise before the epic fall is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with JD McDonough. I, I like the story. You know, he you know he, he's legit trained by Finn. He's a you know that's that all makes sense. Uh, JD McDonough did not do anything for me tonight. The fact that he got a full all entrance in a match. I don't know what it. I, I know he's talented. I'm not go watch him. You can, he's talented, but the way he the way the way he made his entrance tonight in his match. I don't know. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know if it, I don't know what it was. He did not. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a great showing to me. He didn't sell me as a guy that's like a threat to be potentially a mole or a whatever that's going to cause this grand power of judgment day to disband uh, there was a disconnect for me tonight with with as far as jd mcdonough goes but judgment day they're on top of the mountain once you're on top the only place to go is down uh, that's a very good point uh flobo now i know you know a whole lot about jd mcdonough you followed him since his nxt uk days but i want you to pretend for a moment you know nothing about him and yeah. only know what we have seen on raw you don't know you don't know about his past with Finn Balor. You don't know about NXT UK. You're just someone who I just watched Raw and SmackDown. What are your thoughts on JD McDonough? So the match itself uh, against uh, Sami Zayn didn't do me any favors. Um, not because I'm not sure if it was my personal feelings of the participants or maybe a chop didn't land. But I actually like the concept of here's this group. We're run at all-time high. One of the guys goes, hey, my homie's pretty cool. Let me come with you guys. And he's, like, trying to really hard to fit in. So if I knew nothing about J.D. McDonough, I would say this is a cool way to have infighting from an outside force. I'm all about that. But now to put myself back into it, I do feel like Jordan Devlin has not shown up so far on the main roster. So it's totally a fair assessment to be like, you know what? He's not really hitting it for me because there is a third and fourth gear I have seen on TV that we don't think are quite hitting right yet. Yeah. I was a big fan of him in, in NXT UK, but I, I think I got to agree with, with what you guys are saying in that if I just saw today or the past few weeks, he, he seemed, I, I don't really know what his character is or who, what his story is. You know, I, I don't know. Like, is he a, a dark brooding character like judgment day or is he just old friends with Finn? Like, I don't really get, I couldn't explain yeah. his character to someone who doesn't watch pro wrestling. I couldn't yeah. really explain what his thing is other than he's someone that Finn wants to join judgment day. Yeah, and this is where my, uh, my, my, my airport test that I always quote doesn't do him favors is that if you don't, if you haven't seen, incredible matches of him in NXT UK as Jordan Devlin and, and what he can do and get you emotionally involved from a bell to bell standpoint. If you hadn't seen all that, if it is just the airport test of walking through the airport, you know, judgment day walks to the airport. All of them are going to kind of capture your eye. You know, maybe Finn is tough, the toughest because of just general look, but, but JD walks, he, he, he just looks like a dude. And so just on, again, a casual viewer, if you're, if you're a new viewer, if you have, if you have your neighbor over and you're like, Oh, I'll watch, watch Monday Night Raw. I promise you it doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, why is this guy? Why, why does why does why does this dominant group want this little guy to join? And, and I don't know. There, there's, there's something missing. Hope they find it. You know, I want the guy to get good opportunity and succeed, but it, it doesn't hit me right now. It's, it's, it's kind of like, why uh, other than him being finn's boy because they're from the same part of ireland why right yeah so hopefully that 
something comes with that. But uh, we had a moment that I think was possibly something that I'm surprised Twitter didn't talk about more ha- uh, more about. Uh, Miz gets John Cena on <laughs> Miz TV. He he asks him the hard hitting questions. Uh, of course, Cena gets a little jumpy and tries to uh, take it out on Miz, and Miz just lays him out cold. Uh, Flobo, yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. In all seriousness, this was fantastic. This is I thought this was Miz has been on a roll lately with with his segments. This was like one of those like like those ninety gimmick things where you have to get like three D glasses and a box of Cheetos or something like that to watch it. But uh, <laughs> but I'm with you, man. Uh, Miz, I'm kind of glad. One of the it, wrestling Twitter is a wasteland. I get that. But one of the cool things about wrestling Twitter I do love is that everyone has seemed to come around to the Miz and say, hey, look, this guy's been the linchpin of this brand. I think I, I actually asked this question. I think Miz TV is the longest running in-ring segment of all of talk show of all time on Raw. Um, even though John Cena was just tongue-tied, I think it was a very entertaining segment that went, what, five, six minutes by himself? It was a one-man show. You can't ask for anything more on a roster. Yeah, I uh, I think people are coming around, Justin, to, to Miz because – I, I liken it to when I first watched King of the Hill. I was like, I don't get it. This guy's so corny. And then I realized that's the point. He's supposed to be corny. That's what's funny. I feel like that's kind of the Miz. Like, he's so stupid, but he's supposed to be. That's the character. I think people are finally getting it, and now people are enjoying it. But between this and the LA Night one last week, and I mean, Miz has been great for a while, but I feel like he's definitely on, like, another level lately. Well, you know, if you – I agree with everything both of you said. If you look at the Miz – and the time that he has been on the roster full time, and, he, and he's had very little gaps of time off for filming or injury. You know, more of it would be probably filming. I mean, he's pretty, he's been pretty durable. I know some people say, oh, he, he wrestles safe. And well, well, there's something to wrestling safe. If your body is your, you know, if your body is your moneymaker, there's something to wrestling safe. Um, but if you look at the timeline, how long he's been, like, he rivals Hulk Hogan. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. He rivals most anybody for, con, you know, like consecutive time on the roster, not going to another promotion, not retiring and coming back, not whatever. Like he's been, like he really does. I mean, you know, so there's something to be said there. That's a whole other conversation for whenever he gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. But, uh, you know, there's always that famous thing, you know, people say it about Ric Flair and this and that, great workers. Oh, they can have a great match with the broomstick. Well, Miz just kind of trumped that. He had a great match tonight with somebody we couldn't see <laughs> at a moment. I mean, he really did. I mean, he committed to it. And, and then hats off to the, the cameraman and the production. They did the whole Cena entrance the way that if Cena was there, where Cena would run to the side and runs back to the center. It really was. If, if you gave the segment a chance and you knew what you were watching, it was it was for a segment that didn't have that, that, that focused on, uh, you know, shooting some darts at LA Knight, who's over like a rover right now. And LA Knight didn't appear for the fact that LA Knight didn't appear. They really made this whole thing work tonight. I thought so good on them. Yeah. The camera was my favorite part that during yeah. the entrance doing it. Cause you could, I could see John Cena in a way, like do it exactly yeah. how they were going. It was like, this is perfect. They nailed it. <laughs> uh, so, so fun to see that. And very interesting, both Cody and LA Knight not on, um, this this week so cody's been off for a few weeks actually so don't know what that means but uh we'll have to take a look later uh we got a quick little video package of becky lynch after her match 
cutting a promo when Tiffany Stratton says, sorry for thinking you were a former NXT champion. And then Becky says, focus on your title match. Uh, Flobo, I know you are a big NXT fan. Uh, do you like the idea of Tiffany Stratton mixing it up with Becky Lynch? Um, no, but you know what? Becky is kind of free. She's not doing anything. And we were saying this about NXT last week. Tiffany Stratton has a title match tomorrow. But after that, she has, what, three, four open weeks until No Mercy. Why not have a little bit of fisticuffs? I'm down for that. Sure. Justin, is there a way Becky Lynch could get involved with Tiffany Stratton and leave NXT not the champion and Tiffany Stratton looking better? But you know what I mean? Like, is there a way for this to work with Becky Lynch going down to NXT and not either burying Tiffany Stratton or not looking like she just got punked by an NXT person? I think there is. I, I'm not going to, you know, normally I always take the the pen here and I always yeah. book with you and Jimmy. Uh, I don't have the week-to-week booking for it right now, but I think there is a way. I think because Becky Becky is in the level she is, that, that, she, that, that, um, that awards her a certain amount of, you know, a certain amount of points of where, like, you know, things can happen and you still believe in her. Um, yeah, I think so. I think between, you know, that, but between Triple H, you know, obviously overseeing things and, and Sean uh, Michaels is overseeing NXT. I think that there's a way to do something. If that's what they want to do, I think there's a way to make it happen to where you can get her involved and you can get the rub given to Stratton, but you don't, you know, kill all stock and equity that's in Becky. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's definitely got to be a way. Well, we'll have to tune into NXT to find out. Uh, that said, we get to the end of the show. This is the main event. I think what a lot of people were excited about seeing. Gunther puts the IC title on the line against Chad Gable. We get some pre-match promos. We get video packages highlighting the greatest Intercontinental Champions in history. Uh, and the match is every bit as good as it should be. But Justin, I want you to take this first and you can say whatever you want. But it looks like we are about to have a new longest reigning IC champion. Yeah, uh, Friday officially makes it official by the dates that he uh, uh, Friday he ties, or maybe Saturday he breaks it. But yeah, he's gonna break it or and and and, and tie it and break it this week, Guther. Um, I love I love them building this match as a main event for Raw. I was personally a little bit disappointed that this wasn't a match that was a payback again that I was at here in Pittsburgh. But I like that they were saving something for Raw and making it a big deal. And by position as a main event, it actually gives you a little bit of a oh wow, maybe he is maybe. Maybe Chad Gable is going to break this here in the last last final stretch. Um, so I liked everything about this. I liked that, as you mentioned, they're 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 showing old old graphics of you know legendary IC champs match. Obviously, these two weren't going to have a bad match. They they couldn't have a bad match that they tried. Um, it was all great. And then I mean, I, I kind of figured Gunther was going to win. I'm like, it just they've gone this far. I just don't see Gunther dropping it. Not to say Gable's not worthy. Gable, as I always say on this podcast, he's my hybrid of a, if Owen Hart and Kurt Angle had a child. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's Chad Gable. Um, I thought this match showed Chad Gable should still remain in consideration for being middle to top of the card. I understand he is not the biggest guy in the world, but he has got personality that it just explodes. And of course, he has athleticism. I think that, you know, again, like a, Kurt Angle or an own heart. He's not the biggest guy, but he's somebody who you should consider. I thought he proved his point today. Gunther wins. Going to break the record. I, I totally see it. Triple H is a big fan of his. Totally see it. Uh, the star of the show, Chad Gable's one daughter. 
<laughs> he, he had his whole family that are front row. And of oh. course, he's not telling this. Maybe he told his wife, but of course, he's not telling his kids, hey, daddy's going to lose this, but be excited. No, he just tells them daddy's got a big match and they're excited. And, and you saw them. They had natural reactions of excitement. And then when he lost his one daughter, and I have, I have kids of my own, so I'm not trying to revel in this. But they are just in tears disappointed, which I feel for them that they are feeling pain that daddy's hurt or daddy failed. But from a TV standpoint, I'm like, this is gold. Keep the camera on them. This is selling this entire story of Gunther breaking history. So I hope his kids are okay. I hope they got a hug from daddy by now. But this was TV gold. Uh, yeah, I mean, that leads me perfectly flow, but to you, the, uh, the super chat Shelbowski, uh, saying for later, uh, Gable's girl just became a replay for years, like Ms. Girl or Izzy. Now that Gunther broke, uh, now that Gunther broke the streak, uh, he went, uh, he wins a rematch, uh, for daughter's reaction. Right. So I think what Shelbowski's saying is now that Gunther's broken the record, Gable wins the rematch. Uh, your thoughts on that? I am sorry, Justin, but I reveled so hard in that. I never <laughs> popped so hard in wrestling in about four years, man. I was like, oh, they're crying. But mm. but to answer Shelbowski's question, yeah, because now you had the whole family pride and it made it work, made it work. But we talk about the promo before that Gunter had. And and I always, if you guys know me personally, I'm a big proponent of NXT UK. And the big reason is that, yeah, they were flowery gimmicks, but it's about combat. I love comedy. We love the Miz, but when Gunther had that promo, it was like, no, I respect this title. I respect what I do, and this is going to be combat. So I already had, like, even though Chad Gable came out with Alpha Academy, I go, these two men are going to go to work. So I felt everything those kids were feeling. We had our first wrestling heartbreak. She did. Mine was in Razor Ramon, lost the IC title to Diesel. I totally get it. So that's what the gift that keeps on giving, man. It was great. I mean, the, the, best pain, I can... the, the pain that was 1994 for Flo. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> my uh, my, heart, my first heartbreak was uh, when Bret Hart lost to Owen. I was a huge Bret Hart fan. And I was like, yeah. he can't lose to his little brother. The rocket. Uh, what? Just, I just kicked your leg out of your leg. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my first heartbreak. And that's another one. Add into the chat or add into the, the comments. Uh, your first wrestling heartbreak. That's always a fun one. But. You know, kids are the best when it comes to pro wrestling because those reactions are so golden. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure she's heartbroken. Like that's one of those moments that like get looked back on. Like, oh man, they had me. That's that's what's beautiful about pro wrestling. But what I loved about this match too is, and Justin, you alluded to it uh, pretty well, is that like what I love about pro wrestling is it's like Gunther's gonna win this, right? And there's that little second, like. But he might not. And there's that, that little half a second where you question whether or not it's actually going to happen. Like that is where the beauty of pro wrestling lives in that little half second. And this this match capitalized on that where there were, were those moments like he's going to like he's going to yeah. win this title tonight. And they did all the things to allow you to even somebody as jaded and as cynical and as, you know, fantasy booked as I am. They allowed me to, you know, they 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 kept the ringside clear, right? There's no Otis. There's no Kaiser. And you know, they, they left all that out, out of the way. Um, they gave it time uh, formatting. I didn't, I didn't like the fact that we had two commercial breaks in the middle of all of it, but uh, whatever it's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a side thing. Yeah. Um, but they gave it time. So, yeah, I mean, you're really sitting there like this is going to happen. 
And, and and look, if we're sitting here, if Gable would have won, as we sit here at twelve nineteen Eastern time, uh, you know, so an hour and twenty minutes removed, if Gable would have won, I would not have been mad. I would have not said they just squandered this entire historic run. No, I mean Gable. You know, he again, the crowd was there. I, I would have been fine with it. I would have been fine with you know Gunther coming down the final stretch and then Gable stopping him right there. I would have been fine with it. But I, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I was fine with the, trying to believe in the false finishes. And then again, again, his family there front row. I was just like, well, the family's there front row. Maybe. Maybe they have the confetti. Maybe we're going off the air with confetti falling. And and thank you. And he's got the girls in his, in his arms. And no, that wasn't what it was. That wasn't it. His, his kids are in tears. His kids are, are all upset. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, thought they, I thought they did this really well. They did, so they did it really well. I, so I don't, but, but I don't, the Gable's not going to be the one's going to break it. I don't, I don't know if LA Knight's going to be the guy that's going to break. I don't know who, uh, my only long-term prediction, if I'm taking them a pen is next year's WrestleMania, everybody screen safe and, and capture what I'm going to say right now. My prediction right now, next year, WrestleMania in Philadelphia, it's going to be Gunther. Probably not as icy champion. It's going to be Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. Oh, That'll be money. That's what I, I think. I, that, that's like an internet wrestling fans like dream booking that a year or two ago. I would be like, it's not happening, dude. Just get yeah. over it. But now I'm yeah. like, actually, that could happen. I think Triple H is already like a seventh grade middle school girl already drawing on the <laughs> side of the binder and notebook. <laughs> with his plans for that one. Yes. <laughs> his legs are kicking up with the bed. He's already got it going. <laughs> He's listening to Taylor Swift and he is writing his booking of Gunther versus Brock. He's got his little unicorn stickers all over <laughs> Uh So uh, before we go, la- so... And that does it for the show. Everyone, let me know your thoughts uh, overall the show. Before we go, though, Flobo, one, let me know your overall thoughts of the show and your Price is Right rules uh, closest without going over how much longer Gunther keeps the icy title and where the world can find John Line. Oh, well, you, you know, I for a holiday show, it was pretty good. I mean, Raw was a fantastic episode. I We've sat through some holiday clunkers, but this one really delivered, even though we didn't see Cody uh, and we didn't see uh, John. Well, I didn't see John Cena. I know Jack did. Uh, yeah. That's kind of a thing. Uh, for me, if I was going to have Gunther in the conversation, definitely have him at WrestleMania as the champion. I mean, if you're going to do the night one thing with hopefully the universal title, why not have night two? the icy strap and of course you can see me on x at flobo boys or i'm also on blue sky at flobo boys dot blue sky dot or what have you holiday clunkers uh mdb 999 that's actually also the name of flobo's uh holiday album where he sings the classics <laughs> and dad uh, jokes that's it dad jokes and bad songs holiday uh, clunkers. justin overall thoughts on the show where can the world find you online and some of those awesome interviews you've been doing as well as Price is right rules. Closest without going over. How much longer does Gunther have the Intercontinental title? Uh, I'm going to go sooner. I think Gunther loses it this fall. I think he loses it by Survivor Series. Again, uh, whether it's an LA Knight or somebody else that they heat up, I, I don't think he, like I said, I think he's going to get the title off of him. He's going to go into Rumble title lists. So you think maybe he's a new world title competitor. Um, and then, you know, shenanigans, he ends up f- facing Brock and just a. Uh, as Issa would slay, Issa would say, uh, uh, "Meaty men slapping meat" type of thing <laughs> against Brock. Um, I thought the nights were always okay. Again, with 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 obviously not having some major players like Cody, I thought it was pretty good. You know, we have Fastlane, we have 
again a salty show so there's a lot of open-ended of where of how long are we building to what are we building to but i thought there was a lot of stuff there to to, to work off of and uh yeah uh, at justin labar um I, every time i start trying to say i'm on x i'm like oh it feels like i'm saying i'm on <laughs> yeah drizzling gold yeah. <laughs> i'm on ecstasy drizzling gold <laughs> Uh, golden a, sh- golden showers all around no i'm not on, a very healthy drizzle i'm on formerly known as twitter <laughs> at justin labar i'm on the gram at justin labar uh, follow me there interviews and my opinions yeah. to follow uh yeah i thought it was i actually thought this was really fun it felt like a special show even though it was a holiday show like too much to flobo's point usually are pretty bad but I actually felt something about today felt special. So I thought it was really fun. Uh, you can find me at real Jack farmer across all social media. Uh, as far as Gunther, I'm going to do the old price is right strategy move and say he loses it tomorrow. Closest. Oh, come on. Boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> boo this man. <laughs> One penny. <laughs> uh, but I want to thank everyone in the chat. Uh, Master Cannoli, Killer of Demons 669, Huffman Elite Training, MDB 999, Tuckgraf, Shalbowski, uh, Dark Angel, War Hero, Jeroy J, Baby Ice Heels, uh, Rocky, and everyone else, Max Feldman. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. It'd be a huge move or a huge time for Flobo because he's new to the show and show the world that you appreciate being here. Hit the like button, leave a comment and share it with everybody else. That does it for us. Make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. and check out the NXT After Show tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.